Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jay Kerr, and before we get into the episode, I want to ask you for a favor. If you haven't already, please go give us a rating or review on iTunes and Stitcher. It does a couple things. One, it helps spread the word about the podcast, and the more people that we have listening, the more questions that we'll get asked, and I know that you have a ton of questions about building your startup, which is why you're listening to this, and we just want to answer as many people's questions as possible. The second thing that it does is it helps us know if we're doing a good job or what we can improve on the podcast, what it is that you really like, and what it is that you think we can do better. So go ahead and go to iTunes and Stitcher or whatever podcast listener service that you use and do that for us. Now, today's question comes from Bijan in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, and when I saw it, I, I thought it was really cool that we have listeners all over the world. It's really awesome. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of the mistakes that I've personally made. Bijan listened to my interview on Mixergy, I think, which is where I told like 90 minutes of my story uh, to Andrew Warner over there. And so I'm going to talk about some of the mistakes that I made and how I would have done things a little differently if I was going to be starting Launchpeer over again today. Today's question comes from Bijan in Cairo, Egypt. He writes in, if you could start your entrepreneur journey over again, what would you do differently? I've listened to your podcast interview on Mixergy and several episodes of Launch Chat, and I love the show and your perspective. I'm curious, with all of the lessons you've learned personally, do you have any regrets or things you might do over? Hey, Bijan. So thanks for your question. I'm pretty open about some of the things that I, you know, the way that Launchpeer has grown and how we've grown. Uh, I write a lot of Medium articles about it, you know, quite a few. I'll, I'll see if we can link some up in the show notes uh, where we've talked about like the different milestones that Launchpeer has hit uh, and how we hit those and some of the mistakes that we've made. But uh, I'll go ahead and take a few minutes today to talk about some of the things that I wished I would have done differently if I was going to start Launchpeer over again. So the first one I would have done is not been so naive about how hard it is to actually build and grow a startup. I still have this feeling sometimes when I have like a new idea or a new project I want to start where I launch it. Maybe I get a few people signed up or a couple people signed up and then I think, okay, it's going to be smooth sailing from here. And it's not, and it's never going to be like that. The, the stories that you read on indie hackers or on TechCrunch or some of these other places where it's like, oh, how I got from zero to 30K MRR in 30 days, like those are glossing over like all of the hardships that these startups have had. And they a lot of times they go straight into like, oh, these are the really cool things that we did and this is how awesome it was, blah, blah, blah. But they don't talk about like how they didn't pay bills for months before that or uh, how their technical co-founder screwed them over or you know any number of things that go wrong in startups. You're gonna have those problems. And for me, when I started Launchpeer, there was a couple things that went wrong and I had no idea things were going to go wrong. So I wish I had a little bit more clarity into how difficult it was going to be to build a startup and how hard it is to actually grow one. Because it is, it's, it's very difficult to grow a startup. It's not just going to be like, oh, you launch it, everyone loves it. You're going to you know, hit the gate and you know, everything's going to be awesome. It's going to be very, very hard. So if you're in that stage where you're just about to get started, it's going to be discouraging sometimes uh, that some of the things that you deal with are going to be hard. But just know like that's completely normal. As, as many times as you go to startup events and every other founder there is talking about how amazing everything is going, just know that they're probably only talking to you about the good stuff and none of the bad stuff. Uh, so that's one. Um, I would have been less naive about how hard it was going to be to build a startup. The second thing I would have done differently is I probably would have had a little more cash reserves on hand when I quit and started Launchpeer. Now, 
we didn't raise money for the entrepreneur, never have. Uh, when I started the company, uh, I, you know, we signed a couple of customers that were not very big. They probably, those couple of customers that we signed probably gave us like three months worth of runway, but I wish I would have had a little bit more. Now, would I have not started Launchpeer like today if I had go back? Like, would I have not started Launchpeer? No, but I, I would have thought a little harder about what money I had on hand and how long that money was going to last. Because when you have a certain amount of money in your bank account for your startup, you think it's going to last longer than it actually does. But then you have to buy groceries, you have to pay your rent, you have to uh, feed your kids or your family. Like, all of these things uh, start piling up, and it's very difficult for us as you know, as just human beings to, to actually think clearly about what resources we have and how long those resources are going to last. Um, so that's the second thing I would have probably stocked up a little bit more, maybe like six months worth of runway before we actually decided to just quit our jobs and go full time on, on our startup. The next thing I would have done differently is I would have learned a lot more about sales and marketing before I started the company. I think that when I started Launchpeer, I knew I was good at managing software development projects, which is Launchpeer's core business. Um, I knew that I was really good at managing people. I knew that I was good at building technology. I, but I, what I wasn't good at was marketing and sales. And because of those early wins of like signing a couple customers, I just assumed like, hey, maybe I'm really good at this. <laughs> and I just, I had this idea like, okay, well maybe I'm just a natural at doing stuff like this, but I was, I was not. Um, a lot of the things that we were doing for marketing in the early stages were things that no one would ever recommend to do. One of the big ones was we didn't spend hardly any money on marketing during the first six months to a year of running Launchpeer, probably a little bit longer than that. We were getting a lot of customers through word of mouth, through referrals, but we weren't spending actual time, money, and energy trying to get customers to work with us who'd never heard of us before. And the reason for that is I didn't have a lot of money in cash reserves. And so I thought, well, if we're signing customers, I don't need to fill up our pipeline by spending money on marketing, running ads or sponsoring different things or you know any other way that I could have spent the marketing budget. I didn't even put money aside for a marketing budget. I just started going out and trying to get customers. And I think that's okay um, to a certain extent. I think that you should exhaust every option that you have to not spend money on marketing and sales in, when you're early on. But the problem with the services business especially is that especially for a project-based service company like ours, we're not working off monthly recurring revenue to the extent that some other companies are that once those projects are over, you got to refill your pipeline with new projects and then you got to do it again and do it again and do it again. So what happened was we had this, um, like roller coaster of like, okay, we're signing a lot of projects. And so we have plenty of work, more work than we can handle. So let's stop focusing a lot of money on marketing and sales. And then, you know, a month would go by and then it's like, oh shoot, all these projects are ending. So we're not going to get paid anymore. Uh, and then it dips down, the revenue dips down. And then it's like, okay, I need to spend a lot of time and energy on marketing and sales. And then you do it again and then you get a lot of work and then it, you get the work and then it goes down and up and down and up and down. And this is a pretty normal thing for service companies, especially project-based ones. And I had read all the books and listened to all the podcasts and, you know, heard all the tips and tricks. And like, I heard about this roller coaster thing, but when you're in it and you're living it, it's hard to make those decisions. So what I wish I would have done is spent more money, time and energy on making sure that our pipeline stayed filled up, even when we were busy, because when we were busy, if I had just spent the same amount of time on marketing and sales as I was when we 
like weren't busy and I was like pounding the pavement, trying to get customers, doing all these things that you're supposed to do, then we never would have had those dips. And LaunchPure would have grown a lot faster. It took us a really long time to figure out like what marketing and sales tactics we should be doing on a regular, consistent basis, how much money we needed to spend to get how many website visitors and all that stuff. I wish I would have spent more time doing sales and marketing, even when times were good in the beginning. But I didn't because I didn't want to spend the money, which is not a good reason. That kind of leads me into the next mistake I made, which is I didn't start tracking the data around the business soon enough. So I wasn't tracking, you know, number of website visitors to number of people scheduling demo calls to number of people we sent proposals to, to number of people who closed proposals. I wasn't tracking any of that stuff. I mean, I was sort of tracking in my head, but that was just not enough. Like you need actual data and you need to have that data so that we can make good decisions. Not right now, because when, if you just start tracking that data, Uh, It's not going to matter month one, month two, month three, but like month four to six, that's really, really going to start making a difference and helping you make the right decisions for your company. If we had done that earlier, I would have known that, hey, Core is a really good PPC channel for us to use and Google is not a good PPC channel for us to use or getting on podcasts is a really good channel for us to get new customers, but maybe sponsoring events is not a good way for us to go get customers. And so all of these things... I just kind of had a sense of, and so I never really made actual decisions on what we should or shouldn't do because I didn't have any data backing up those decisions. So I was just doing what I thought everyone said I was supposed to do. And when you don't have data, it's really easy to just play into whatever everyone is telling you to do. Um, So that's the next one. The last one is I would have hired people sooner. Remember when I said like we were on this roller cycle or, or this roller coaster of like going up and down and up and down. Well, on one of those peaks, what I would do instead of focusing more of my time and energy on sales and marketing, I would try to save money by not hiring someone to fulfill that work and instead just do it myself. That was not the right answer. The right answer would have been when we have one of those peaks, hire someone to do that extra work. Yes, it's a risk and it's a hard thing to do when you're just starting out, you know, your first year or two in business, but you have to hire someone to do that work so you can keep spending that time doing sales and marketing and closing deals, which for the most part, most founders, that's what they're really good at because you know your product and your service better than anyone. So instead of, you know, when we got to the peak trying to like, okay, I'm not going to spend any more time and energy on marketing and sales because I have so much actual work I need to do in my business. I would have instead hired someone that way I could keep doing marketing and sales. And so that way you don't have that curve of like, oh, lots of sales, oh, lots of work, lots of sales, lots of work, lots of sales. It's just not a good roller coaster to be in because you'll never grow. Here's the last thing I want to say. And this is probably the one that helped LaunchPure grow the most which was after about a year and a half in business, we actually niched down into one type of customer. So as you can see, LaunchPure is really like sort of like an agency, right? We do marketing, uh, we do software development, we do web design, we do um, like a bunch of stuff that typical agencies do. And so it was hard the first couple of years to separate out who LaunchPure was and, and compete with some of those other agencies that were very well established. After a couple of years, I decided, you know what? We're only going to focus on working with startups. We're only going to focus on working with entrepreneurs who are pre-Series A. Like we're going to build this type of stuff and this is how much we're going to charge for it. Once we figured out that that was our ideal customer and we changed the language on our website, changed the branding, changed the way we were doing marketing around that one individual type of customer, 
that's when LaunchPure really took off. We went from four people to like 16 people within a few months, which was crazy. And so if I had to go back again, I would have niched a lot sooner and been confident about that. The reason I niched was because I thought LaunchPure was probably, you know, I was going to give up on it if it didn't keep growing. And so I thought, hey, why not? Like, let's just niche down and we'll figure it out. If it doesn't work or whatever, I'll start something else or I'll go back to work. Luckily, it worked out really well. And if I was going to start a business again, I would niche down into a single individual type of customer a heck of a lot sooner. So anyway, Bijan, I hope that helps. Um, for anyone else who hasn't heard my interview on Mixergy, I would go check it out. I really go deep into not only how we built LaunchPure, but everything that happened before building LaunchPure. So if you're interested in building a services business and you want to check it out, like I definitely go uh, listen to it. But um, great question, Bijan. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving a listener a free ticket to TechCrunch Disrupt, which is this September in San Francisco. To learn more about the giveaway, head over to launchchat.io. And while you're there, you can also post your startup question right on our website. All you have to do is click record, ask your question, and we'll feature you on the show. Remember, if you don't want to miss an episode, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And we'd also love it if you gave us a rating or review. Until next episode, keep grinding. Keep grinding.